You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Good evening. It appears uh, we are enjoying an overwhelmingly uh, no vote tonight here in the state of California. Uh, but no is not the only thing that was expressed tonight. Uh, I want to focus on what we said yes to as a state. We said yes to science. We said yes to vaccines. We said yes to ending this pandemic. We said yes to people's right to vote without fear of fake fraud or voter suppression. We said yes. Earlier this week, Governor Gavin Newsom, a Democrat, defended his seat against a whole field of Republicans in a recall election in California. The one that emerged as the strongest competitor is Larry Elder, who is a right-wing talk show host who, you know, kind of leveraged his celebrity on the radio and also on conservative TV and as uh, someone who did plugs for products into a credible campaign against Newsom. Newsom ended up winning the election pretty handily. But what was so interesting about this race, interesting and confusing, was how the GOP and conservative media, including Republican challenger Larry Elder, framed the loss to their base all before voting had even started. The number of people that are going to vote to recall this man is going to be so overwhelming so that even when they cheat, they're still going to lose. Sound familiar? Well, much like the 2020 presidential election, Republican voters in California have been led to believe that this recall election was stolen. Here to explain is Fox's Aaron Rupar. Hey, Aaron, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Governor Newsom won the California recall election this week, but a lot of GOP manpower went into trying to cast doubt on the outcome. What were some of the tactics they used? The tactics were really kind of general and broad. The only thing that will save Gavin Newsom is voter fraud. So as they say, stay woke, pay attention. Kind of insinuations that Democrats were trying to cheat, which, you know, didn't have a lot of substance to them, but was kind of a play right out of the Trump 2020 playbook. Uh, Our goal is to defend the integrity of the election. We'll not allow the corruption to steal such an important election or any election for that matter. As it turned out, the margin was so overwhelming that I haven't seen a lot of that today in terms of, you know, claims that Elder lost because of fraud. But Republicans, whether you're talking about Fox News on Newsmax, Trump himself or Elder himself, were kind of priming voters to buy into in the days leading up to Tuesday. So. When you say they were floating allegations of fraud, was that just a kind of vague accusation or were they casting doubt on specific components of the election system? It was really a vague accusation. There was one incident where ballots were found on a thief. More than 300 mail-in ballots for the governor's recall race were found inside a car parked at this torn 7-Eleven with a man sleeping inside of it. And there were concerns that this may have been some sort of attempt at election fraud. Everyone wants to know two questions. Why were the ballots in his vehicle? What was his intent with those ballots? And that's what we're trying to figure out. 
As it turned out, law enforcement officials have said that these ballots were just the product of a standard incident of mail theft. They were not you know, manufactured ballots or some sort of attempt at election fraud, but right-wingers kind of ran with this. You know, look, they're, they're very good. The one thing they're good at is rigging elections, so I predict it's a rigged election. Let's see how it turns out. That was about as specific as it got. The term that Larry Elder himself used was shenanigans. He claimed that he you know, was worried about shenanigans taking place just like they did in his mind last year. But there wasn't really anything too specific behind these because California has multiple safeguards in place with mail ballots. They have signature verification. They have barcodes matched to specific voters. And so there really isn't a way to commit fraud on the scale that Republicans seem to be worried about. And as a result, when there were claims made about election fraud or suggestions that the vote would be tainted by fraud, they were quite vague. And let's talk a little bit more about the Republican candidate Larry Elder and Deja Vu from 2020. He set up a website, right, so that people could report allegations of voter fraud just like Trump did? That's right. Trump could say there were X number of claims of fraud and without vetting any of these claims, cite that as evidence that fraud occurred. And beyond that, it's also a great way for Republicans to get information from people, their emails, information that's useful to them down the line. But Elder did set up a tip line on his campaign website asking people to report any evidence that they saw of fraud. We have lawyers all set up, all ready to go to file lawsuits in a timely fashion. You know, I haven't seen any information kind of trickling out in terms of claims that he received or, you know, what specifically people were telling him. But it kind of has the dual purpose of providing grist for Republicans to cite without any vetting as being evidence of fraud, but then also a way to get information that can be useful, you know, if he decides to run for office again or promote other candidates. And if I remember correctly, Trump didn't just get information. He also got a lot of donations that way, right? Oh, yeah. In the months following the election, he raised tens of millions of dollars from an email list that in part were people reporting alleged incidents of fraud to him or, you know, signing up for his mailing lists for other reasons. But yeah, I mean, that information can be a very lucrative thing for any politician, you know, or aspiring politician to have. I guess time will tell if Elder ends up using his email list for a similar purpose. During his concession speech of sorts, he did tell people to stay tuned, kind of teasing a future run for public office. And so that remains to be seen. But it's worth noting here that if Elder matched up head to head against Newsom, it would have been an absolute trouncing. But, you know, he was basically hoping in the best case scenario for him to win this recall election with about half of the support of Newsom because of the kind of unique and um, somewhat arcane recall procedures that California has. So, I know that back in 2020, Facebook was really quick to shut down the Stop the Steal group that was central to Trump's election fraud allegations. This time around, did you see social media companies cracking down as well? Because it seems like they could have predicted that the GOP was going to try this again. I didn't see social media companies cracking down, but I think it's worth noting that Trump supporters have become much more careful in the way that they make these accusations. You know, in the months following the 2020 election, We saw news outlets and individuals on Facebook making very specific claims about voting machines changing votes. Dominion Voting Systems is seeking $1.3 billion in its lawsuit against Rudy Giuliani. Dominion has been a target for conservatives who've made up wild claims about the company, alleging without evidence that its systems were easily manipulated. 
And because there was a lot of litigation from voting machine companies suing people for defamation for saying falsely that their machines flipped votes, the claims have become much more general and kind of unactionable in that sense, where instead of saying, you know, voting machines are changing votes, now it's shenanigans with mail votes or, you know, the election is rigged. And I think Trump supporters have become smarter about keeping their claims on a level of generalness where they're not actionable. They're not opening themselves up to litigation or to being banished by these social media companies for spreading misinformation. And so I think that the level of misinformation surrounding this California recall election was less prevalent than it was in the presidential election in 2020. But it was still notable to me that in the the final weeks of the campaign, there was kind of a chorus of it in right-wing media and among right-wing politicians that I think kind of reflects how central the big lie has become for the Republican Party these days. But I think there has also been this year an evolution in how Republicans talk about these allegations of election fraud that makes it a little bit more difficult to crack down on them because, again, they're not making specific false claims. They're kind of making suggestions. And when you're suggesting things instead of making false claims, there's kind of a level of protection there that isn't there when you're basically defaming companies for flipping votes. And is it safe to say that the folks making these election fraud allegations aren't just changing the way they say it, but where they're saying it, too? They've moved to different platforms? You know, I pay a lot of attention to Twitter and Facebook and right-wing media. And so certainly on right-wing cable stations, insinuations of election fraud are very prevalent. You know, if you're watching Fox News, if you're watching Newsmax, OAN, even though some of these channels were sued by Dominion, so you'd think that that would chasten them a bit, there were a lot of claims and suggestions of election fraud in the days leading up to the California recall. You know, in terms of what's going on, kind of if you're looking at Gab or Getter, any of these other further right kind of fringe social media platforms, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's kind of more frank you know, less coded discussion of election fraud on those platforms. But my attention is kind of limited to more mainstream platforms at this time. It seems like refusing to accept election results is now part of the GOP brand in a way, maybe even a central part of it. What kind of threat does that pose to free and fair elections when a dominant U.S. party has adopted the tactic of regularly casting doubt on elections? And at the same time, thanks to technology and social media, they can reach voters directly with that message. It's extremely dangerous. And I think, you know, beyond the rhetoric, one of the big concerns that I have is how Republicans have kind of put this into action with policy in states like Georgia and Texas, which have passed laws that aim at restricting voting and are premised on false insinuations that elections there in 2020 were tainted by fraud. And so if we get to a place in this country where, you know, especially in purple states, states where elections are hotly contested, where, you know, one party out of the two major parties won't accept the results. You were playing with fire in the sense that there could end up being a situation where the rightful winner of an election ends up not being able to take office because a Republican legislature doesn't allow them to. And so, you know, it's kind of a matter of time if this becomes a trend before we see the legitimate result of an election being overturned for political reasons. 
you know, there's a problem with this Republican messaging that we've seen most notably from Trump, but Elder kind of leaned into this as well, this telling Republican voters to vote in elections, even though the election is going to be rigged. You know, that's obviously kind of a demoralizing message for casual voters. And so, you know, these claims about election fraud might rile up kind of the most hardcore of the hardcore voters among the base, but more generally, you know, telling voters to vote in elections that are rigged doesn't really seem to be working out. And so I sometimes wonder if people like Trump have even really fully thought through the implications of this messaging or if it's just something that they say to kind of protect themselves from the reality that some of the policies that they're embracing are quite unpopular. But, you know, the evidence that we've seen this year is that, you know, leaning into these false claims of fraud is a pretty counterproductive message for Republicans. This is Rico Daily. I'm Adam Clark Estes. This episode was produced by Taylor Macon and engineered by Melissa Pons from Hemlock Creek Productions. Are you afraid about the future of American democracy? Let us know. Email us at RicoDaily at Rico.net.